Welcome to the Good Mums Say Bad Words potty. Hi, I'm Lisa. Some people call me sarcastic, some even an asshole. but really, I just say the shit everyone else is thinking. And I'm Karaya, just a wife who has to put up with this shit. Hi guys, we've just gotten back from a little two-day hiatus. Sabbatical? <laughs> what even is a sabbatical? It must be the way that... We're watching Chicago Med. It must be the way that doctors say they're going to leave, or just maybe Americans. Did they have they said that? Mm-hmm. Sabbatical. Anyone? Let us know the definition of sabbatical. Could probably ask Google, but probably. Yeah. Being being a bit lazy. How are you? Um, today's potty is a little bit of a different vibe. Um, how am I? I am a little bit upset. Mm-hmm. A little bit, a lot upset. A little bit, a lot upset. Um, should we get straight into it, perhaps? How are you? I'm nervous. You nervous? Mm-hmm. Why? To talk about what we're going to talk about. But we kind of, we were umming and ahhing a little bit about this topic, right? And then you kind of like reminded us gently that this is exactly why we started this podcast to talk about shit that people don't. And so that was pretty easy to make a decision from there. So we were going to record this and release it later, but we decided that we would like to be a bit vulnerable mm. and be definitely not so vulnerable. Definitely <laughs> not seeking sympathy. Just more, I think it's important to share our feelings and our experience. Our experience. Mm. So. No highlight then. Skip the highlight. Let's skip the highlight. But um, we did. We went away for a couple of days just to, mm. to reset and refresh, which was really nice. I actually think in our last recording too we said that we, we'd skipped a week, um, the week before on the podcast, mm. uh, for the reason that we're going to tell you today. So it's been no – well, we've made no secret. That's mm. terrible English. Mm. Um, that, I, we know what you mean. Like, that we would like to have more children. Make more babies. Make more babies. So um, today we're going to talk about a little bit of a journey. We've done a couple of IVF episodes, obviously, which have been very popular. Mm, um, the, the first one was about your experience, right, and your journey with, with both <sighs> both the girls. Babe, I, remember, it's all a bit babe, I can't even remember what we had for dinner, yeah, so seriously. don't even don't ask. Anyway, there was one about that and there was one about kind of like trying to educate the peoples yeah. about um, the experience. Yeah, and, and like some people who may not like, especially maybe straight people who don't know about how IVF even works or mm. um, and even maybe some couples that don't know where to start. So if you need that information, head back to uh, some of last year's episodes, you'll see those. But uh, I think in know. line also, I know we're jumping around here and we definitely mm. will get to it, but I think it's... <laughs> Avoiding our feelings. Totally avoiding our feelings. Um, I think it's really important to kind of note that, like, this potty is obviously about, uh, you know, being a parent and swearing and all the shit that happens and whatever. But there are so many people that kind of go through situations like this. You mean IVF? Well, yeah, just, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. And it's it's such a fucked up yeah. process. Totally. And you know what? Like the reason that we, we weren't 
going to talk about what has kind of happened in the last couple of months is because we, when it is successful, want to be like, guys, I'm pregnant, and mm. not tell every Tom, Dick, and Harry along the way that we're trying, we're trying, we're trying, mm. because we want to. That pressure's yeah, really, really hard. Yeah, like that pressure to tell someone that you're going to do a transfer or going to do this and having to let them down if it doesn't work. Like we didn't want that. Um, so let, let's start, I guess. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll go back 12 months. Um, and, and to be honest, uh, my wifey here asked me if we'd spoken about this before and I really have no fucking it's idea. So I'm sorry if I repeat myself. But about 12 months ago, um we well I'm gonna say I actually received a really disturbing, um horrible, fucked up phone call from the clinic um that I had conceived Miller with. Um that they were going to sorry, that the donor, Miller's um dad essentially, had withdrawn from the uh, sperm donor program, which meant that um, we could no longer use the embryos that um, were created. So essentially, Miller's uh, dibblings. Uh, no, sorry, they're no. biological. Siblings. No, they're not dibbling. Yeah, dibblings sorry. are if you donor have, siblings. Yeah, dibblings are if you have the same baby daddy but a different mama. Well, so siblings. Well, no, speaking of full biological siblings. Yeah, yeah and I guess um, there were eight families that were affected by this mm. particular donor um and we went on a couple of podcasts and on the news and lots of things to spread the word um because in victoria a um already created embryo was not seen as a living organism therefore the law stated that unless it was implanted and successful into a viable pregnancy that it had to be discarded. So um, there, it was a horrible, horrible situation for us mm. and the other families involved and it, it happened to a lot of people. Mm. There was even someone that was 32 weeks pregnant. Yeah, um, with her first, huh? With her first, mm. yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, it was really horrible but we kind of went, um, which we try to with most things, you know, with, you know, glass half full or silver lining kind yeah. of approach and really felt what we felt at the time. I was devastated. I remember calling you and I called um I literally remember the phone call and I swear to God I thought you you were going to tell me your grandma had passed away. Like that's what it that's the the sound of your voice. I don't often like cry that feeling. That's, yeah. It, it was crazy. Anyway, so you lost five embryos that are yeah, the exact genetic makeup of Miller. Yeah, so we kind of went back to the drawing board and went, well, you know what, we want to have more kids. Mm. Um, there is no doubt about that. Um, you know, we all know we did an episode that I turned 40, so we kind of went, well, fuck, what are we going to do here? Um, so we decided that we'd roll the dice and see how I was doing in the reproductive fertile uh, realm and December, November, December last year. Well, it's all a blur. No, it was definitely because I had two surgeries really yeah. close together. Yeah. Right. Um, I went in for an egg pickup, so I went through all that process again of getting the eggs and um, we were, well, sorry, I should go back one step. We had to pick a donor. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really hard. Hard, but it was it was um, obviously the five embryos that you had from the, the Miller's genetic siblings mm. um, were a part of your past relationship, which I wasn't obviously a part of any of that no. um and and it wouldn't have mattered if uh we didn't getting to use those embryos i 
you know, I was happy to to do that. Uh, and so it was, I guess, a little bit of a, again, glass half full. Like it was nice for me to be a part of that process of choosing the donor and being, you know, by a side to rag, pick up and um, through every decision essentially, mm. um, which was all foreign to me. So it was nice. That was a bit fucked up though, wasn't it? Because of COVID, you weren't allowed in the hospital. No, like just dropped you off and then had to pick me up. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Um, so yeah, we had to go through that process. Which, to be honest, the clinic were amazing. They Mm. they kind of really rallied around those the the families and um had said to us in particular, you know, that they'd do anything to um secure the donor of our choice and also even put us in touch with um, a particular clinic that that we've used they um have their own sperm donor bank Mm. so that's really or actually we had transferred miller's um siblings siblings, uh embryos to a clinic in in geelong Mm -hmm. and then we found out that um we couldn't even do it with them and uh, anyway it was a big big ordeal which kind of sent us back to um the original clinic um who were yeah super supportive um well the management was super supportive i guess Mm. in terms of you know we spoke to the actual donor team um who knew the donor or had met the donor interviewed um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so then we kind of got, you know, I guess a tiny little insight into the personality of the person that we'd chosen, which was a, a lot more than previous, and it was nice. And and we ended up even getting um, a picture, which was cool. Yeah, not not back then, but um, more recently, we some some of the donor profiles have um, baby photos, mm. uh, and this particular one didn't. And we kind of reached out what three or four months ago and mm. said, "Oh." And he's so fucking cute. He seriously looks like oh, your brother. Actually, looks like my brother. So. Yeah, and which is really um, cool. He has large ears like <laughs> myself, so there's no <laughs> chance that him and I are recreating children because he's going to come like out as Dumbo. Oh, funny. Um, anywho, so, so we went through the counselling, which is um, yeah. obviously mandatory. Um, which yeah, they just obviously have to to go through that. Mm-hmm. That was a bit full on, actually. I reckon, don't you? Like the, yeah, well, I the just counselor I, was like, I think it's hard because it, it's and a lot of uh, um, anyone that goes through IVF ha- has to get cancelled, and I think more so bloody same sex couples. But it's like they don't like the police don't go around bloody asking normal couples on the street, you know, are you ready to have a baby? Like, are you sure you can do this? So that was one of the things that we saw or we experienced through that um, losing the embryos, Mm. speaking to different couples and stuff, they were saying how fucked up that was, that that, like the counselling, or no, sorry, the police check part. So they've gotten rid of that in um, IVF now, that same-sex couples don't have to, well, I don't think any couples actually have to get a police check, but you definitely have to go through the counselling. So Mm. they want to make sure that you understand what you're doing. And I, I guess especially, like look at my situation, you know, Losing him. Sorry. No, Losing I was going to say, like, no. <laughs> no. Sorry, I'll let you finish. <laughs> um, previous relationship, going through the ah. counselling um, and getting to, like, my ex actually had to sign a piece of paper that said that the embryos were mine. So that formed mm. a part of our well, separation so, agreement. But, but as do we have to. So every Absolutely. time we go for a transfer, you have to do a consent form and on it is like, in an event of a breakup, what would you like to happen? So that's essentially what the counselling and stuff is meant to be about. But 
Um, anyway, so we did that. We also then when we chose the donor that we did, found out that he had a couple of um, genetic. Um, he was a genetic, genetic carrier of, of uh, one or two different things, which things. which we all are. Um, oh, really? No, we are. <laughs> we all are. Really? <laughs> well, the funny thing was we paid a fuckload, like 550 bucks, Just Spit in a tube and send it to bloody America, but, yeah. Canada. Canada, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was like 550 bucks each that we had to pay because we'd chosen this particular donor, which also, you know, you kind of question are you doing the right thing or whatever. Mm. And then we got back um, if we had any, but there was like 350 different disorders oh, or so whatever. Oh, genetic, or genetic not carriers. Carriers. And I came back perfect, perfect obviously. For, for the test that we've done. But we all carry something. Do we though? Oh, so I came back. Um, Why are you so confident about as that? As a carrier. Because, like, there's thousands of chromosomes. I don't know enough about science, hashtag science. But mine came back with nothing. So perfect. Great. Anyway, mine came back um, positive mm-hmm. as a carrier for muscular dystrophy. That, yes. Um, which well, just means that on, my mum or dad is a carrier and so on and so forth. I definitely am not. Um, making light of this situation but you actually got really really upset about that totally because i didn't need counseling but i also like i've got some neurological pain that happened so i like spoke to my osteo and was like nah fuck that like i have this and she like reassured me that there's not my genetic carrier has nothing to do with any pain physical pain that i feel but no, i was worried yeah but on a serious note you actually burst into tears about it like we made a joke about it like totally I, yeah because i as in we were like yeah like but, i was like oh no i think you had actually said oh like what if i have muscular dystrophy and i laughed like, yeah as in, i was quite upset yeah like as in like you're a carrier you don't have it and then you yeah. burst into tears and i was yeah. like oh fuck, that's like, just because like kind of not understanding it but it also means that if we were to ever create embryos with my eggs there's a very high chance that the gene will be passed on. Like that's just how it works. But at least you have the information now. Totally. That's so obviously like for people that don't know or understand what we're talking about, basically when, when two people get together and they're both the carrier of the same gene, that is how uh, yeah, little tiny humans are created that may have Down syndrome, cerebral palsy. Cystic muscle, fibrosis like, is you know, one of the biggest ones. Yeah, many of those. But obviously, again, it's not something that you ask on a fucking first date. Oh, have you done a genetic test? Like it's not something that I don't think, you know, normal heterosexual couples I just want to do. stop for a second and break it down though because yeah. we're really being vulnerable and raw here. So don't stop like stepping over my pebbles. You were really upset about it. Yeah, we said that. No, but but it but it was like a shock to hear that you would have at like like you said before, there's thousands of tests. Mm. And on that so when we treat choosing a donor and he's coming back with whatever he had, and I can't even remember, and I remember sending it through to Mum because she's a nurse mm. and saying, What are these? And Mum was like, Abort mission. Mm. Don't, don't. Mm. And I was like, But no, Mum. I would have to have it to to have that. What I'm trying to get at is like to to knowingly um, have that information Mm. firstly is quite daunting but secondly then on the flip side of it you've got that knowledge to then say hey to your children Mm. if 
when you get into a serious relationship, go get the tests. Totally. Because you have that. Um, I remember mum told me a story years and years and years ago about a couple, I think they might have been a gay couple, not really sure, but um, probably irrelevant. And they were both carriers for cystic fibrosis. Yeah, wow. And they had a child and she had cystic fibrosis and yeah. she um, passed away before the age of 10. Yeah, like it was wow. it was pretty bad. Yeah. But I think they might have actually known that they were both carriers. Yeah, wow. Something along those lines. I'm surprised they allowed it. So essentially if the donor that did all these tests, we, re, we did the same test and if one of us came back positive for the exact same genetic carrier or something, then they would not allow us to use his donor and have to choose another one, essentially, mm. in a nutshell. Anyway, mm. moving on. Wasn't there also, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe some mental health issues in this donor's, like somebody in... That's private. It's not like no, just... no, well, that was something that bothered us in terms of, like it was a very hard process. Yeah, I think like I'll move he's... on from it, but... Yeah. It's a hard process to, to read all this information and then... You're judging someone by a piece of paper. And which... if you put all of my like family shit on piece yeah, of paper, too. you'd be like fucking them out. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Anyway, anyway so we've, we've done that. We've got that information. We're good to go. We've done, um, gone in for the egg pickup. Mm-hmm. And and I also had, um, just before we, your egg pickup, we both had internal ultrasounds. Mm-hmm. Like the doctor just wanted to check that because I was carrying them and in the future possibly doing egg pickup as well. Um, so we both had done in um, internal ultrasound, which are fucking Fucked, you fuck, fuck, fucked. So painful. It's so funny. So yeah, painful. I like I have se- I've had so many of them. That well, I now I'm an expert, any- right? But the first one, and you weren't allowed to be there, and mm. I was like, the lady that the sonographer like was could tell that I was like not. You were really upset about that too, weren't you? Yeah, because because we the clinic were helping us out. They bulk build the scan, but then when I got. When I That's finished, right. they were like, oh, you have to pay for it. And it's like the, the financial thing wasn't a thing, but I was already feeling vulnerable because I had shoved, something shoved up my vagina. That's right. And then I, like, didn't know what to do. It was like, mm. anyway. So Always good. Always gone fine. In, um, 24 eggs, which is what I had with Miller, and turned into uh, five embryos, mm. which is which is what we lost, which was mm. incredible, absolutely incredible. So we kind of had this idea. Um, that we wanted to start around July ish mm, this year, yeah, this year, yeah. Um, or you know, I don't know, somewhere, somewhere was around. To, you know, have a have a, be in labour and have a baby at the start of twenty twenty three was kind of the idea, and we worked back from there. Yeah, so oh, I don't know, a couple of months ago, you kind of woke up and went, "Let's do it this month," mm. and I went, "Okay, let's <laughs> do it this month." So you got your period. Um, so the process is you get your period and then you contact the clinic, yeah. um, which if your period comes, sorry for any men that are listening that are hearing the word period, but too bad. Uh, you get your day, you get your first day, which has to be before midday. Yeah, correct. So if you get your period in the morning, that's your day one. If you get it after midday, then the next that's day the is actually day one. So I think that happened actually, didn't it? It was after. It came in the afternoon, yeah. Like yeah. yeah, like around school pickup time, I remember. Great. Yeah. Perfect. Um, we've <laughs> called the clinic. Yeah. We've called. That's a great image. Yeah. Um, called the, the clinic day 10 um, in for a scan. Mm. So off we went. Um, Another internal ultrasound also. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. At the time, actually, the clinic um, had also ordered 
some medication. Mm. So they were like, oh, you need to, to pick it up from the pharmacy. And so off we went to the pharmacy, picked up like mm. hundreds of dollars of medication. It's so expensive. Oh, my goodness. I think one injection was 250 bucks on its own, yeah. which then kind of pissed us off because um, then uh, you'd had your scan. And everything was looking good. So I was um, – Can you talk about that for a second? Like how My you, scan? Yeah, just how you felt and how you were made to feel, I guess. Yeah, so I went in and at this point um, because my – ultrasound from last year didn't show you know I've got and I've you know don't have I have a regular period and all that I had um you know been showing no signs of any issues with my uterus or whatever um and so when we went in um so the only thing only drug essentially or it's not even a drug it's a vitamin that I've been on is folic acid which is like yellow vet or whatever and so I've been taking that for three months prior to us doing you know starting the process um and so yeah I was completely drug free essentially and so we went in on yeah my day 10 and the doctor was like um yeah you know for day 10 your follicles are looking great like good size for day 10 being this so early you know so early um in your cycle um and your uterus lining is looking really thick like all good like great and then basically do you know do blood tests for you know every second day until next whatever um and so the blood tests are to check um your what levels like you basically to check your ovulation mm. blood tests can see if you're ovulating and so I was like oh I was like Fuck, this is good like mm. so proud of myself like and I've been doing lots of um Chinese medicine and stuff as well um for yeah for, for fertility and for other stuff as well and so I was like oh fuck this is a breeze like this is good as gold like whatever anyway so basically like every day if not every second day I had to get a blood test and then every you know, go in the morning and then in the afternoon the clinic would call you and say, oh, yeah, like, you know, the levels are look, looking to be up, like, go again tomorrow. Mm. I'm like, okay, go again tomorrow. And, like, you get your hopes up every day. Sorry, didn't we have another one or two scans in there as well? No. Like, we didn't. No, just, are you sure? No, just when we went back. Yeah. I thought we went. Oh, just when we went back with the yes, kids. Yes, we went back. Yeah. So we eventually went on day 10. And then, yeah, I think for the next seven days I basically did blood tests and mm. then, um I think my levels have kind of didn't didn't spike enough and then so the doctor said come in we'll do another ultrasound and we'll see what's happening so I was like oh cool like you know you must be close to ovulating or you know getting there we had to really change our schedules for this too I remember so mm. we had to pick pick up the kids early early did we pick them up early yeah because they had like a 4 p.m scan in the afternoon or something I'm pretty sure yeah, because we didn't have anyone to help us look after them, so mm. we literally had to. Anyway, you just got to do as you're told and drop everything, and it's not like IVF cannot be calculated. It literally just depends mm. on your levels and everything. Anyway, so I kind of like went into this second scan being like, she's going to tell us that next week we, we can do the transfer, like we're fucking on here. Like, And I was like so excited and so proud of myself. Hang on. You had even, I think, said oh, we might even do the transfer today. Like, oh yeah, having like so oblivious to how it all works, right? Like, yeah, and but I'm saying that not to like to like not to make you sound silly. Like mm. it, it literally, you and I was like, oh no, that like that's that won't happen. Yeah, yeah, that's not how yeah. it works. And we kind of and because it's been so long since I did it too, mm. we were even trying to figure out different. Like anyway, continue. Yeah, like we if I do like today, then next Wednesday we'll do this, and the next Friday we'll make sure the kids go here. And anyway, we literally it's, it's crazy spent that whole from day one for the next seven days. It was like everything mm. was 
revolved around Mm. you getting your blood test, how you're going to get your blood test, whether it was, you know, in Melbourne, in Geelong, and then waiting for that phone call of Mm. what our next move was going to be. Yeah, it was literally just a waiting game. And, like, I totally, and I didn't necessarily plan for this beforehand, but I totally understand now that we've been through, like, two, three months of it, is that, like, whether it's heterocouples or not, but going through this process is stressful. And so even when you have, you know, you know, really clean fertility and good uterus and whatever else, like, because you are stressed, it may not work. Which leads me into the fact that when we went for the second scan, here I am, like, prepared to fucking be told that in five days' time we can do this transfer that we've been, you know, speaking about our whole relationship. And uh, she goes, oh, looks like you didn't ovulate. We'll try again next month. And I, like, just broke down because I was not mentally prepared for her to say that. I wasn't mentally prepared for bad news. And I, like, just. But it was like this. It was like this. Oh, well, looks like you didn't ovulate this month. On to the next. Yeah. It was like, it was literally. It was literally yeah. like that, like the, and you know we we like this doctor, but the bedside manner was pretty shit. Mm. The room was like so tense. We had both children. Mm. One was like hanging off a um a bloody chair, <laughs> looking out a window. Um, yeah, it was it was very surreal. Um, yeah. So anyway, your, I like your burst into tears. I burst into tears and kind of stayed in, in the room a little bit. You went out to her desk and she had no idea how to deal with me. I just was, needed a box of tissues, to be honest. I'm a pretty ugly crier as well. But Ali- I just Aaliyah wasn't... was really upset. She yeah, didn't know she... what was going on and no. she had been a little bit apprehensive because we were going into a doctor's anyway and she was getting needles and stuff. And so, yeah, yeah she was really. Um... Anyway, so for no particular reason, um, I, didn't, I didn't ovulate. So whether that be due to stress levels and, you know, wanting it so badly, which, you know, if I had to take an educated guess, that would be it, but there's probably could be a million reasons. Well, this is, this is the thing. One thing that we have learned is that many women do not ovulate, but unless you're tracking it like this, mm. you would never know. Correct, so yeah. there doesn't have to be in inverted commas, anything wrong with you mm-hmm. to not ovulate. It, many women just do not ovulate. So we were kind of thrown some um some options straight there in the room and and uh, like just for a second like I was trying to um console me I was definitely trying to console you but I was also trying to kind of um find a solution to take away your pain Mm. and so you know the doctor was saying oh well we can give you a um a pill today that'll bring on your period and Mm. you were adamant that you did not want that and I was kind of in my brain like take the fucking pill yeah like just get your period and move on to the next I think it's so hard and I obviously know how clinical IVF is and there's drugs and there's medications and there's this and it has to be so calculated but I from day one um have never have tried to avoid uh, as many drugs as I can. Hence, so the first month I got my period naturally and I tried to ovulate naturally, which we know now didn't work. Um, and then so I knew I have known that any forcing of my period, like I want to keep my body in some kind of regular cycle as much as I can, which sounds so bizarre, I know, um, but I just don't want to put when I can, yeah, like shit 
in my body. And I totally respect that. And I've said from the very beginning as well, you know, this these decisions are made together as a couple, mm-hmm. but essentially it's your body and mm. it's and it's your choice. You know, I'm not, I'm never going to put my hand up and say, like I said before, in my brain, take the fucking drugs. Yeah. But the only reason I was saying that is because I literally wanted to take away your pain. It mm. was so sad seeing you feel like you'd failed and mm-hmm. and you know, I didn't see it that way at at all. Like I guess um it's a it's a very um polar opposite experience like I had been through IUIs previously but Mm. I think I had in my head that they were never going to work because the statistics are so low so anyway we went on to um kind of we walked out uh wanting to just take a um a breath and Mm. make the decision later um which we certainly didn't have to make a decision in that moment which was great um so then whether you would take the tablet to bring on your period or whether you would wait so we made the decision to wait and then in the history of your whole fucking life mm-hmm. um, so i've got like a pretty regular like 33 to 30 so it's not your regular 28 day cycle um but yeah you know usually between 33 and 36 days i'll say i get my period yeah and lo and behold fucking 48 days it took me to get my period which is just and again like i shout out like you know, to hetero couples that, that go through this and they try for years and years and years and not have a baby, but, and, you know, the moment they stop trying, they get, like, how many times have you heard that? Sorry to interrupt for a second. Um, you just said hetero couples. I yeah. know a single woman yeah. that has tried yeah. um, several times, yeah. like tens of thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. multiple donors, multiple situations. Um, so I appreciate what you're saying about yeah, um, any couples, couple, but any couple, any person. I'm more referring to like I understand people that go through IVF um, who have polycystic ovaries or, you know, have history of um, issues, whether that be on the male side or the female side or whatever, understand that I'm talking about couples who have gone through the checks have got everything mm. everyone's good but they just cannot conceive because they're so stressed like i think yep. that's what my body went through it didn't ovulate because i wanted to fucking ovulate mm. i didn't get my period 48 days i think mostly because my like obviously from not ovulating my whole cycle was out of whack and so i must have ovulated you know quite late or not at all but we don't get these you know and like i've like luckily like before before even going through this stuff like i've been working with my um therapist about you know the not knowing and being curious about things and and being okay with not finding the answers to things and this is in regards to anything in my life not just fertility so that has kind of really helped a lot um totally it was so fucked up though waiting and then so the periods come period came yeah um you then had to take a drug day three day three well the the doctor said if you want to try and not of and ovulate naturally like be my guest but it doesn't work again i'm not gonna know why well no at that point she actually said then we'd be putting you on um estrogen estrogen for three months yeah so she's pushing you know and i I guess we're lucky going through ivf because it can can be calculated like i understand that you know the levels in my body and my blood are not you know, calculate that has happened but i'm talking about you know if we wanted a baby in march 2023 then we can work backwards and decide how that pans out, Try and is, what, that it out. is what yeah. i mean so um 
you know being on estrogen for three months to me was not an option so I was like cool fine like I'll take these tablets for I think it was four or five days to force me to ovulate because obviously Mm. getting my period was not the problem although it was late it came um and so to risk not ovulating naturally again I was on these tablets um went back in um obviously the following month on day 10 um and wow Wow, is what she said. Like, oh, that looks, looks a bit better than last month, doesn't it? It was the biggest fucking follicle I've ever seen. In yeah, my so life. I had. Um, she goes, "Hang on, take a step back for two seconds. We, so we, you just need one lead follicle, and yeah. the lead follicle needs to be eighteen millimeters or more, and mm-hmm. just one of those. So when you're going through an egg pickup, mm-hmm. you need exactly. as many follicles as, as possible that yeah. are big, and that's why they stimulate the follicles for the eggs, etc." to happen mm. but when we're talking about this we only need one lead follicle that is 18 millimeters or more and you had that yeah on day 11 yeah day 11 wasn't it yeah yeah, yeah. i did yeah which was cool like i i I'm not i'm not a sonographer but like seeing yeah it was cool the ultrasound it? yeah um compared to the previous month was really cool that like my uterus lining was thick which it was any anyway in the previous month but just being able to see like this big ring yeah which i could tell was, was a follicle i just was yeah. um yeah like it was amazing yeah elated <laughs> it was amazing um and so she was like cool looks like we're going this month well and again actually you help you were like oh we might be going in for the scan and she might just do it there and then and i was like no it's not, not the way it works, works. Yeah. <laughs> you've got to and so then we then figured out so because of the the embryos that we have a five day old embryos essentially yeah they, they were frozen five days after they were taken mm-hmm. out or, mm-hmm. or they developed five days after mm-hmm. so what happens is they need to be put in five days after ovulation mm-hmm. so we've gone in on a friday on the Sunday, you've had to take the two hundred and fifty dollar fucking trigger injection, trigger which is injection. Um, literally an injection that you just inject into your stomach. Um, which was like I see so many IVF journeys and like they're taking injections every day, which I'm not at that point yet. Um, but yeah, had a nice well, little, had a nice little bruise. Mostly that's with um, stimulation of like, yes, for the egg pickups. Pick up. yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I had my trigger injection, and then I think they. Two days after that, and then had to start taking progesterone, which is the hormone that releases estrogen and helps your uterus lining thicken and helps the sac thicken. So you um, had a suppository, so a yeah. little tiny fucking tab. Well, I shouldn't say tiny; thing. it's probably I don't know a little thing that you had to insert, like the size of my pinky fingernail, for reference, because everyone yeah. knows what size that is. Um, <laughs> And three times a day that was going up the vag. So that was yeah. not enjoyable for anyone who doesn't like anything up their vag, which no. is me. Um, and so five days after the trigger injection was the transfer. Yep. So we managed to get a babysitter, shout out, Aunty Cat, again. Yep. I think that's three weeks in a row. Yep. Um, so it kind of goes back to our uh, gastro episode. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Um so we have always said that we wanted to um, the the day or the night of the transfer that we'd spend a night together um, and be romantic and be cute, but we actually thought, oh, maybe the night before so we could go get a massage the night before and just relax and get my body and my head mentally prepared. Um, but, yeah, if you listen to our last episode, you'll know that um, I got pretty severe gastro 
which I think I was trying to convince myself was like nerves. But <laughs> turns out we had gastro. So that was happening the night before the embryo transfer. Um, and it went on for about 12 hours. Oh, it was dread. Like I had no nutrients in my body. I was completely dehydrated. Like I was in so much pain and I was like, yeah. And I don't think, I think if we had our time again, we probably would have called the clinic first thing in the but morning. we didn't know. We didn't know. That yeah, was... we just had no idea. And, again, we'll get through this story and then we can. So we arrived at the clinic and you had almost shat yourself about three times on, on the, the way, way there. On the way yeah. there. So when we arrived at the clinic, we decided to kind of downplay it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, which in hindsight wouldn't have mattered either way no. considering the timeline, but we downplayed it a little bit just like, oh, Cry's got a little bit of diarrhoea, mm. like not too much. And then so they called the doctor and mm. told the doctor and then once she had come down, she was like, oh, so you're not feeling well? And Cry was like, oh, you know, I'm okay. And so then she essentially, um, We're, yeah, you go. the embryo is – uh, thawed around about 15 minutes before the transfer is going to occur. So I guess, yeah, if we had have had the information, which I guess you, I don't know how you would have had that information, but mm. um, to be honest though, I think for us we probably wouldn't have made that decision to not do it anyway. Like yeah. when we've got both of us have got something in our minds, um, it's pretty hard to not go ahead with something. Yeah. So, yeah, we've arrived at the clinic. You're feeling fucking, fucking lousy shit. shit. We literally were about to do the transfer and I was like, like I need to go to the bathroom again. And I, like, vomited my guts up completely. And then after that I actually felt quite good and I didn't vomit again after that for the next, like, day. Yeah. Well, yeah, the next couple of days. But then mm. I still had diarrhoea. Sorry, guys, TMI. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so there I am, like, fucking legs spread. Well, we've gone into the room. They've done an ID check on us. Um, and then you've gone out the room to spew guts up. Spew guts up. And then they've yeah. had to ID you again. Um, so, yeah, then we've done the, the transfer, which um, was strange. Like, they... It's just liquid. Well, the embryo didn't go in to begin with. So the first then, time. Yeah, we will. Anyway, it's that's done. Um, anyway, sorry, we what, what you mean is the, the embryo, like, they, they put the, like, what is it? Anyway, a big, like, pipe up you. Tube. Tube, whatever, and then, like, implant the embryo and they pull out whatever they used and then the scientist has to go and check if the embryo actually, like, landed in and it was still in the tube i don't know really kind of any terminology correct terminology around that but then mm. so the second time it went in and you could see an ultrasound like it so i had an um, external ultrasound on my tummy like so a nurse was like had scanning my tummy and then our doctor was up my badge mm. um they're like yep it worked this time um and i actually like i genuinely like because i'd vomited like i felt much better and because it was done i felt less stress and everything mm. um and then they like were really sweet, like good luck, like hope it works, like yada yada yada, and and then gave us a pathology slip for a blood test. Um, 10, 10 12 days. days, twelve, eleven, eleven days after, was it? Yeah, yeah. So we waited, um, and then we ended up, which they suggest not to do because you can get so many false negatives and false positives. But 
did um i think from like day seven maybe did a um pregnancy high, high pregnancy her, like just peed on a stick a couple of times um and actually one of them came back like positive um very faintly positive yeah anyway like over that time it's so hard again like it's so hard not to be stressed during that time like and I you know still continued my Chinese medicine and tried to be calm and you know just sat on the couch and didn't do much um and anyway we I kind of had a I had a bad feeling I know you had a good feeling Um, I didn't actually great I was trying to be really supportive it's it's and I don't know how many couples out there have done it this way, as in, um, like I know um, Lauren and I'm Deb. Sad. Me too. <laughs> I know Lauren and Deb, um, you know, they have both carried mm-hmm. one each. It, like it, it's hard to support. The other person. I shouldn't say hard. It's, it's, it's not the no, you, What you mean is that you went through two pregnancies and you were the person carrying the baby. And so it, you were just trying to support me, but it was the first time, like. The role reversal was different. And, yeah, it, yeah. so anyway, we've you've done your blood test and then. I waited. Anyway, I had, waited. Like, I had a bad feeling, Not, I think because of the gastro mostly, but I just, like, I kind of, and I don't, I know people, like, you know, that try to get pregnant, like, end up being 12 weeks pregnant and not really like, oh, I feel dizzy and I've been vomiting. I wonder why. Like, And I mm. kind of expected maybe to feel something and I didn't and I just felt shit because I felt so unenergized. Anyway, and I was just, I kept saying in my head, like, the doctor said it was okay, like, it's going to be okay. Like, there's no reason that it shouldn't take because there's nothing wrong with my fucking vagina and whatever. Anyway, I'm sure you all realise that we're going with this, but. Um, we're not pregnant. We're not pregnant, unfortunately. So. Um, we yeah, did the blood test on day 11 and waited hours and hours and tried to make the day go fast and it just didn't. Um, and, yeah, the moment the clinic called, I could just tell by, um, like, the ladies, the nurse's voice that it didn't work. She was just like, hi, it's yada yada from yada yada clinic. And I was just like, I just knew. Um, by this point goes, too, um, both kids were home. Oh, my so God, yeah. Oh, we've been kind of home all day oh, waiting 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 yeah. and anyway I came out of the room oh she actually said like she's like I'm like sorry to tell you that um you know you're not pregnant your your test has come back negative and I was like it's okay like I had a bad feeling she's like oh like did you have any like bleeding or spotting I was like no I just had a fucking shit gut feeling mm. anyway I came out of the room and just like fucking burst into tears in your arms and then poor Aaliyah like she's so empathetic and so switched on she was like and we haven't told, like literally we had told Auntie Cat who um, had the kids for the night what mm. we were doing um, and literally the um, my Chinese medicine doctor, like they were the only two people that we had told a- about this and, and it's probably going to be the same when we yeah, go through it again. again. Um, and, again, because we didn't want to have to bloody deliver this bad news to people and, like we said, we were umming and ahhing. Anyway, and so Aaliyah and the kids had no, you know, even when we are going into the doctors with them, like they had no idea kind of what was going on. And But Aaliyah just fucking knows and she goes, what's wrong, Dad? Or, like, is there something wrong about the baby? You know, just, like, then cried more because I just didn't know. Like, she's just so bloody clever, so clever. And so then, here yeah, we've been... A little bit somber. 
<laughs> you cry, I'll cry, stop it. Um, since then, and so hence we took um, a week or so off the potty. And, but you have to, like, the hardest thing is, like, if this was our first child, it's different, like, because you can, you have that time to grieve um, and go through it all. But we have two kids already and like you just life goes on like they still have to get to school the next day and they still need a shower and dinner that night and it's fucking hard like it's so hard and so we push through for like um I don't know a week or so a bit more um and then and so we just went up you know away for a couple of nights we were like we literally are like physically mentally like exhausted um it takes me a lot to fall apart and mm-hmm. I said to you I need time. <laughs> I said to you, I need time. I can't just go on like I'm Nothing okay. Happened. I said, yeah. I'm really sad. And can we please go away? Mm-hmm. And you said, yep, let's do it. And we kind of looked at our calendar and went, you know, and, and like I don't want to downplay it, but, you know, we, we escaped for a couple of days just to, kind of you know regroup and it it doesn't take away from how we feel like it's still very fresh and yeah it feels like like I obviously don't know what a miscarriage feels like and I feel for so many people that go through that but that is what it feels like to me like that's a lost chance that's a lost child that's Mm. so many things but as we do approach everything with such a positive attitude and as mentioned you know I I definitely don't want to take away from what we are both feeling and what we're both going through individually and as a couple but um what's that saying that you keep saying what will what's meant for you won't pass you yeah and I think you know it's a very dear friend of ours um who has been through IVF you know said um and, and I think for us one of the hardest things is you know we are so planned and through Mm. this process like I probably think I've probably in a sense taken it a bit harder than you but like you've planned their fucking graduation like oh my god like and I don't think we've shared this information but like we've fucking like built this house and that we put a cot in our baby room like from day one like knowing like still knowing that we're waiting until around now to do it but just like and I've been, and again, like, because you had the girls, you never, like, I was never there to buy their newborn shit and whatever. And so for the last, like, year, like, or since being married, like, that's all I've done is, like, fucking follow all the cute baby shit on Hang Instagram. On. She and, literally like, went as far as to buy a plaque of <laughs> a name, just one name that we have discussed. Yeah. And we certainly have not chosen a no. name. Um, but the doorbell rang and this <laughs> fucking plug um, I'm still I'm just well obviously manifesting a fucking boy we would love a boy but you know what whatever comes our way but I mean that that's the other thing too sorry our dear friend who has been driving said to us you know you can't um choose their birthday you can't you know what whatever will be will be basically and she just keep like and she always reminds us she just says like I cannot picture having any other child than who they are now and like I you know that doesn't make it necessarily hurt any less but it gives you hope that that like 
maybe that was another girl. I don't know. And I also, and it's so hard because I also feel so fucking extremely lucky that some people go through this and they have one embryo or none. Correct. And we yeah. have five. And now we have four. Mm. And we're lucky. But, you know, but because you're grieving, you feel like, oh, fuck it, I'm going to try again and I'm only going to have this amount left. Like, and it's so hard not to judge yourself or feel like a fucking failure. Like, and I think because I'm it's. It's so sad that you have to feel that. Yeah, but so do you. That's what's hard. Like, because it's your embryo. Like, I'm sure you feel like, you know, there's something wrong with your embryo, or, but I'm like, there's something wrong with my body, and I've tried to do all the right things, like eat right, and I've stopped drinking coffee, and I've stopped drinking, and like, you do all the right things, and it doesn't work. And yeah, like, let's fucking say that it was the gastro like who fucking knows we'll never know hang hang on a second though i think one of the really important things to note here is that the statistics on ivf work are really quite low totally and that's you know that that's a reality unfortunately Mm. and maybe that's because of the infertility part like Mm. as in you know obviously um you know historically ivf was not for gay people it was for no, people who struggled like, yeah, to my, have babies my twin cousins are ivf babies like to their mum and dad like I, i'm pretty sure and again i don't know the right statistics and stuff but yeah the the ivf rates are so low but mm. it is same-sex couples who actually bring that rate up because yeah, that's right they're coming to the clinic with you know no no infertility issues yeah. um you know and, and it works for them yeah probably yeah. later mm. Anyway, so that's why, I don't know, maybe I think because we haven't told many people and we've, like, been not okay and we've required extra support but not asked for it and not told, like, I think we told your sister. I've maybe told two people. Yeah, yeah. So it's, like, hard. Um, And like Lisa said, like, we're not fucking doing this podcast for any actually, like, didn't want to do it for the people that were like, are you okay? Like, no, I'm fucking not okay. Yeah. you don't need to ask that's exactly okay, why we like... wanted to do it because we're not okay and i think for so many people they have to kind of go through this and right. all of these feelings and all of this stuff and and it be seen as wrong or a failure or, or fa- whatever. Yeah, yeah whatever it may be whatever feelings are are what they are and that's why we was i guess so um passionate about wanting to to be vulnerable and mm. and to share it because it really sucks and, mm. you know, it's kind of made us reevaluate, um, you know, when we want to do things and, and how we and kind even, of want to do it. Like I was just about to say, like, you know, when I got the call and she was like, you're not pregnant, and it's like, and she was super empathetic and sympathetic and was like, you know, can I put you through to one of the counsellors and yada, yada. I was like, no, like, I'm fine, like, whatever. And they're like. My wife what? needs counselling. Yeah, mom, like, but then they're like, what do you want to do next? Like, you know, do you want to go again next month and it's like oh my god I can't even like I can't even and of course like in deep down I'm like yeah let's fucking go like and you know what fuck it bring them up here like let's force it now let's go now otherwise we're gonna have a baby that's gonna be a fucking Taurus like (laughs) do you know what I mean like so it was hard it was an interesting process though because you then said to me babe can you call the clinic tomorrow because I just can't can't. (laughs) I couldn't and then so I I called them the next day and I've got um, therapy tomorrow. She's gonna be fucking <laughs> she's gonna wreck me. Might as well book a double appointment. <laughs> and so I rang the clinic and um I actually missed the call back and it was from one of the nurses that I'm not really a fan of. She's just not 
very empathetic at all and like really clinical and straight to the point and, and you get like for those that don't know like you literally every time the clinic calls you um you speak to a nurse every time and you know they're either telling you about when to call the doctor and booking a scan or when to do this and when here's to do plan. that and here's this and here's your plan like and i've probably like there's a couple of good ones that, like the day that didn't ovulate like she called and was like are you okay like so sorry didn't ovulate or then sometimes they're like so like what are you doing like what okay how can we help and yeah it's like fuck like hell. what is it that you're actually wanting to do like i, I want to have a fuck baby know. is what i know but <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, it's a it's a very interesting process and um, so I called and anyway, I, when I called back I said to the receptionist, can I please not speak to her because I really, like, I just really need to speak to someone at the moment that's going to be empathetic. Like, mm. And then so she put me through to this other lady who wasn't much better, to be honest. Like she started talking about, like, as I mentioned before, you know, I turned 41 this year. So for me it was like a really hard shock too like I was really trying to support you emotionally but at the same time shit scared going well fuck now that we've got four embryos yeah and you know and then you know at one point because like you're so irrational it's, it happened that the, the day that I didn't ovulate either I was so rational I was like fuck this like fuck you that. do it and uh, so literally like when we found out that we weren't pregnant I was like that's it I can't do this like I can't I'm not my body's not ready you do it and then here you are like oh fuck maybe I should do it oh fuck like I'm almost 41 like my body can't handle it. Like it's so fucking hard. And like shout out to everyone, anyone who goes through this process and whether you do it alone or you have some extra support, it's fucking hard. Like Well, I just so hard. Got really scared because I was like, okay, so let's say we go again, we're down to three, whatever, whatever. Oh, yeah. Like and then let's say we go down to one and then yeah. like that's where my brain went and went, okay, fuck, then am I going to do another egg pickup? Yeah. Am I like kind of carry like Oh I, yeah, like I got really um panicky about it, which yeah. is, you know, not really not really me, but I We're both out of that irrational state now. Yeah. But we've had some we're days just to sad. reset. We're just sad, but I think we're yeah. kind of yeah, like really supporting each other and just, um, yeah, going away for a couple of days was really important um, to kind of, well, the first day we struggled a bit, but today um, we've been able to, yeah. Class half full. Rash, Rationalise it, I think is what you said, the, the right way about it. So that is us in a nutshell. That is V for vulnerable, isn't it? Look at me, I'm in a nutshell. Mm. Sorry, I have to put a joke in of some sort, don't I? But yeah, maybe. people are not going to know how to handle this episode because they're so used to like fucking hectic banter that we're like that. You know, even actually the episode last week, which for the first time I listened to, listened to us back. Yeah, and it was so funny. With I the was kids. laughing. I was so sad last week, and I listened to that episode too, yeah. and I was laughing. If it's anyone is sad, just go back and listen to that episode, and it's you'll just very laugh. Funny. I love the part where Leah's like, "Ha ha, get it." <laughs> Like <laughs> cracked up. Anyway, it's that's actually us. it's actually made me think of doing a um a a side hustle potty with Aaliyah. Yeah. What would you call it? I don't know. Like mini me or something? Keeping up with Aaliyah. Yeah, maybe. Like so many kids Aaliyah. are famous, you know. Speaking yeah. of, actually I I know we said we weren't gonna do a highlight, but my highlight of the week is going to Gander. Oh. And getting the kids like the fucking cutest flared pants you've ever seen. And anyway, go to my Instagram if you want to see it. They're fucking adorable. Okay, fine. Um, my highlight is going back old school and buying Reeboks. To- oh, you did. And they're vegan, so it's a little bit old school and new school. 
Good for you, babe. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate you listening. We hope um, that you've gotten something out of that. Um, please share it to anyone that you feel may benefit from it. Mm. Um, as mentioned, we really wanted to to be raw and vulnerable, um, you know, in a time. We didn't want to look back and, and kind of go, hey, remember, oh, remember that time? And remember I was like, so for those that don't know, I'm a really ugly crier. If, ask Aaliyah. She'll, like, I, if I cry, I'm very, it's a very sour face. <laughs> anyway, so I said to Lisa before we did this, I was like, babe, like, what if I cry? And she's like, well, no one will see you, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is very true. Uh, anyway, we hope you have a lovely day, night, whatever it is, wherever you're at. Um, we love you all very much and we will talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.